0: Everybody and welcome to the Game Bite Show podcast. I am your host for this episode, Jeremy Lawman Lamont, standing in for LeGrand Grand Jolly, and with me is my stalwart co-host, Jared Redeye Dunn. How are you doing, Jared? Well, hello, howdy, hi. Today you're stalwart. I, I hope next week I'm venerable. You know, I've, I'm going to get out the uh, these are these are either like co-host adjective dice or sexy dice. Um, yeah. Stal stalwart is I think in either of those, uh, so it's hard for me to. I don't know. I I, I just
1: hope you put away the action dice.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It goes along with those. (laughs) Sexy adjective dice. I'll just leave the adjectives. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Well, hey, it's mid-July, July July the 15th, 2018. Uh, We are here at the top of the week to talk to you about video game news and stuff that's been going on. Uh, For those of you who uh, are keeping track... We actually missed our midweek show this past week due to scheduling conflicts, uh, so we're going to bring you for our third segment. I'm just going to tell you, I'm just going to warn you in advance. Uh, we're going to talk about the games that we've been playing this week, this episode. Uh, so we're going to kind of mix the two together.
1: It's like a bonus. You you get like three extra days somehow. Yeah, don't 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 look bit. at the don't try to do the math.
0: And it's all packed in with the, the same math that we use to figure the 30 minute game bites. That's right. Uh, podcast every... on the game bites clock exactly um, it's it's just that you know when you're having so much fun it just seems like 30 minutes you know that game bites clock is at least right twice a day that's twice a day <laughs> <laughs> uh, but not once during a podcast unfortunately nope no uh, so I don't know Jared we might as well uh, might as well get right to it unless you have anything like super pressing that's been going on I don't know no nope France won the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, phew, you know, I was really, I, I watched it on uh, tape delay. Uh, I think that's what they call it these days. Uh, no, no, I watched it vi- live. Video Gig- on demand. Did you? Yeah. I had no idea that you were interested in that. I wasn't,
1: but my uh, my brother-in-law is from France. And at one point when it was tied 1-1, I texted my sister to see how he was doing. Uh, her response was, he can't breathe. He can't <laughs> That's
0: pretty good. So I hope
1: he resumed his uh, respiratory function at some point and uh, is still with us. But uh, he'll be happy to know either way that they did, in fact, win.
0: <laughs> I, I was rooting for them, too. Uh, France is the only—between uh, France and Croatia, who was the other uh, finalist? Is that what you call—is that what you call somebody who's in, yeah, like, a, they a were, sports they final? They were in the final? finalists. Yeah. Finalists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's the only Like I don't know How to do Stereotypical Croatian stuff But I sure did A whole lot of Like Sacre bleu Uh, Et vive uh, la France Yeah exactly (laughs) Le grand fromage Uh, That's about all I could could do Uh, Basically the World Cup Is an opportunity For me to be Super racist Yes That's The the whole world That's what the whole world does (laughs) Get your vevazula
1: (laughs) out Let's do this
0: I mean there's a grain Of truth in all racism Isn't that how it works Like they really do Say sacre bleu Uh, I I don't know Uh, We better move on from that. Uh, We're going to move on to the other opportunity for me to be super stereotypical. It's in the news. Uh, The video game news of the week, because, you know, we have our usual, like, I'm sure there's a lawsuit somewhere. I, I mean, I expect this week's news will be quite epic. Oh, it's gonna be epic and unreal. Uh, those, those. I also got those adjectives well, well, out from the sexy. I hope dice. we don't have to wait a fortnight for you to tell us. <laughs> oh, uh, let me scan through to see if I can come up with another pun. I cannot. Let me uh, let me raise the battle flag. I, I, I monster huntered the whole outline and couldn't find any. No, let's let's get it on. Yeah.
1: let's get on with it and it'll be We're, a huge success. I've literally re- read the entire synopsis of this first. That's that's
0: basically it. Like we don't developers. actually need to do the there news. Now. developers. There we go. <laughs> (laughs) Uh, So, we are going to start out with Epic Games uh, because they're doing something that's actually, you don't hear about this too often. But uh, Epic Games, of course, known for making games, but primarily they are, I I mean, I don't know. Primarily, I guess, who knows where they make most of their money, I guess. But uh, they are also. I think right now they make most of their money on Fortnite. Fortnite, probably. Yeah, well, exactly. Which is the reason why their other arm of their business, which is the Unreal video game engine, the 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 main middleware that people use to actually build video games. uh, They are actually going to be taking a smaller cut of the profits for licensing their game engine and passing the uh, the savings on to developers of the Unreal platform. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Yeah. And and in fact, uh, so because uh, the Unreal Engine marketplace uh, is uh, well, well, they're actually making this change because of the success of Fortnite, I guess, like you said, I mean, they're just making so much money. Uh, In fact, Tim Sweeney, who is the founder and chief executive of uh, Epic, actually will let him speak here. He says, thanks to both the marketplace's growth and the success of Fortnite, Epic now conducts a huge volume of digital commerce. The resulting economies of scale enable us to pass the savings along to the Unreal Engine marketplace community while also making a healthy profit profit for Epic. Uh, Basically, what they're doing is they are changing the split of how much Profit a developer gets. Legally, they are uh, required to pay licensing fees to Epic for the games that they sell commercially. And Epic is changing the split, which originally was a 70-30 revenue split, which is kind of a lot. But you consider they're making the, the guts uh, for the most part of, of games that run. And uh, they are changing it now to a, gosh, rather generous eight, 88 to 12 split. Uh, not only are they doing that, but they are actually applying this retroactively to, Uh, to to developers going all the way back to 2014, Um, which I guess, Jared, that probably answers the question about which one they're making more money on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're making so much money that they've decided they just are going to give a whole bunch of it back uh, from the last four years. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is, it's a really interesting move, and it actually reminded me of something else that I had to go back and look at. Dating all the way back to 2004, they have had the Make Something Unreal competition. Oh, yeah. In which they award, uh, I guess, amateur developers like free license or, yeah, free license it looks like. And uh, the 2004 award was to Tripwire Interactive. Uh, Red Orchestra Combined Arms. They gave them $50,000 and a Unreal Engine 3 license for free. So they've always been very supportive of the game industry with their license, which is really great. Uh, yeah, good that's, on Epic. that's
0: true. And, you know, I think it shows because, uh, I mean, at least last gen, I, you know, I would be interested to see how, how much of an inroad things like uh, Unity have been have been making, or or mm-hmm. custom engines? But I know at the last console generation, like everything was Unreal Three, um, and Unreal Four is something that ports it scales, you know, to all the different consoles, to PC, down to mobile platforms. Uh, they are quite prolifically distributed as uh, as a game engine, so they're they're pretty much everywhere. Uh, But yeah, good on them for for giving something back and, uh, you know, quite, quite generously um, as they shift to uh, basically being a Fortnite company.
1: So Wikipedia lists the Unreal Engine four platforms, supported platforms as Microsoft Windows, Mac OS, Linux, Steam OS, FreeBSD, HTML5, iOS, Android, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Magic Leap One, and virtual reality steam vr slash htc vibe oculus rift playstation vr google daydream osvr and samsung gear vr and
0: smart refrigerators (laughs) and your toaster yeah exactly um so pretty pretty cool pretty cool Uh, Other things that are in an 18 split, uh, the 18 rating for video games, which is common across all regions, but in a recent survey that was conducted by childcare.co.uk, so we are specifically talking here about the United Kingdom, uh, in a sampling over 2,000 parents from across the United Kingdom, uh, 86% of those admit that they do not pay attention to the age restrictions on games. Uh, compared to just 23% who said that they don't follow those guidelines for films. And uh, as far as what that affects in children, uh, 43% of parents reported no change in their child's behavior uh, while playing games aimed at adults, while 22% stated that their children now understood or used bad language since playing adult-oriented games. Uh, I learned a lot of vocabulary on the mean streets of video games. I learned words like candelabra, uh, and it's uh, STFU noob QQ. That's right. Yeah. So I, I learned that out there in the uh, on, on the hard uh, the hard cold world. Um, but uh, it says uh, according to the uh, childcare.co.uk. Uh, What's interesting is that the majority of parents follow age ratings, but when it comes to video games, they maybe aren't as strict. It's important to remember how impressionable children are. If they see behavior or language in a video game or movie, they may mimic it. Remember, it was just last week that we heard about the school children, the primary school children in England who taunted a fellow child using the floss dance. Uh, Yes. So uh, before, before... (laughs) you know, I try to I try to think about.
1: The world in which the worst thing we have to look out for in a game where you run around and shoot other players to be the last man standing is the dance the that exists. Dance. In it.
0: Yeah, I mean we're not doing too bad then, I guess. Well, pat pat on the back for us, child rearing public. Uh, yeah, it's it's not so bad. But uh, yeah, um, I don't know. I, you know, honestly, I. So I actually just was playing God of War, the new God of War today. And I let both of my children like watch me crush the skulls of things and like rip them apart in this like magma. It wasn't it wasn't blood. You know, they're not like real people, but I had no problem with that. <laughs> Video but as, games aren't real. Yeah, I know. But as soon as like a slightly foul mouthed dwarf character appears in the game, I was like, nope, we're going to do something else. Uh, yeah.
1: I You know, I don't. I don't.
0: I don't say I, I'm not going to say I follow
1: the ESRB, which is the U.S. equivalent ratings board, um, like verbatim. But I, I try to pay attention to it. Uh, like I was playing, I, I was playing a game earlier today, uh, which I'll talk about here a little bit later. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the nine-year-old walked up, and I was like. I'm going to do something else now because I don't
0: think you should sit here and watch me play this. I actually don't think it's a bad thing. I don't mind parents making that decision mindfully uh, as long as they're making it mindfully. Like if they know what they're doing, let them be parents. That's fine. Uh, But it seems like in this case, most. Parents are just kind of ignorant. They just don't even pay attention. Yeah. So I don't know. At least it's only happening over in uh, the United Kingdom. I'm certain that American parents are doing much, much better at this. Yes. Absolutely. For sure. 100%. Something that we are not doing so well, though, is uh, not selling pirated games. Uh, I guess we have been doing that. In fact, we've been doing that at the highest levels of US retail capitalism at Amazon.com, where apparently, Pirated digital versions of several games have been spotted on Amazon being sold for quite low, low prices, uh, including games like Lords of Zulima, which uh, apparently had been a, uh, I I think it had been a pirated version of like a GOG build of the game. And normally it's like a $30 game, but it was being sold for like $3 or something like that. And I guess uh, I wasn't even aware that a
1: user or third-party store could sell digital games digital on Amazon. yeah hmm. that is
0: that is kind of weird, weird. I, I don't really know about that either but they are making it on there and uh, yeah so uh, if you happen to find a great bargain uh, just be aware that is always possible that it could be revoked, Um, but according to a user on the Resetera forum, which is sort of the, you know, the in-crowd, I guess, it's where the people from NeoGAF moved over. Uh, Uh. But a user, uh, yeah, I know, a user on that service uh, wrote that, I decided to pay $3 to play Detective. It's piracy. Someone took the GOG version of the game, repackaged it with their own installer, signed and published by Ace Media Group, LLC, and submitted it to Amazon. Uh, and uh, I guess the the three games that were found were uh, Lords of Zelema, as I said, Surviving Mars, and Frostpunk, which uh, actually all are pretty good games. But mm, let's not buy pirated software, I guess. Let's. Yeah, let's well,
1: you that. know, and that's frustrating. I know Amazon's had quite a uh, quite an issue with sort of counterfeit goods and I guess now pirated digital games, but uh, that can be frustrating because, like, I, how, as a consumer, how do you know? You go to Amazon, you type in Frostpunk. Yeah. And you see a good deal. So you buy. you know, like uh, uh, weird.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I I don't know. And I'm not sure what the law says about, you know, buying, you know, stolen goods out of the back of some dude's trunk or something like that. But, uh, I, I would suspect that, uh, this would probably get refunded to you and the purchase would be revoked from your account, whatever it is. Cause you know, I mean, even, um, you know, valve, uh, would be able, I mean, I'm not sure what services these activated on. I believe that they, uh, I don't know. I guess they wouldn't have activated on Steam or anything if they were GOG builds. They would just be, yeah, you'd you'd probably just have that revoked. uh, Probably is what happened. Weird. Probably with a refund of your of your three dollars. Speaking of things that. we are also—I don't know—just kind of in this. In this, uh, we're also revoking is morality toxic
1: b- behavior. Yeah,
0: there you go. There you go. I, I like the transition. Um, this is—I uh, don't know. Maybe maybe I should let Jared do this. This is a, a Jared special here. The Rainbow Six Siege yeah, community breaking here on the game by show. No, uh, yeah. So Rainbow Six Siege
1: now has a text chat monitor in which, um, I guess, crude and racist and illicit language in the text chat will get you banned. Uh, The first offense is 27 minutes, I believe, and this happens instantly. Uh, This is not being reviewed by a human. Um, The second offense, uh, I guess, increases it to a couple hours, and on the third offense, you are banned and your account goes into review by Ubisoft.
0: Why do you think it's twenty-seven minutes? Is there something significant about that? I have no idea. That is a very specific
1: minutes. number. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not really sure. I think you know someone forgot to carry a, a decimal <laughs> yeah, or something some, on some that. Math. But uh, I think the yeah. initial uh, the idea is to, is to.
0: Dump you out of the game, make you think about, you know, go sit in the corner and think about what you did. Here's what I like about this. Here's what I like about this. So apparently uh, at least one user on Reddit had said that in a ranked game, I typed in chat, don't be racist. And an enemy got kicked instantly because I baited him into typing something racist. <laughs> I love that. I <laughs> That's love good. That. As, uh, as somebody who just, you know, I I go for the the much simpler, uh, what what game was it? Was it uh, Team Fortress where you would hit F-11 and it would it would boot you from the game? It would just like disconnect you? I can't remember what game it was. Um, I don't remember that. But uh, but yeah, but it was like people would ask how to do something. And I've done this before and I don't feel great about it, but it was pretty funny. And you'd say, uh, you know, somebody would be like, oh, how do you uh, change your inventory or whatever? I'd say, oh, F-11. And whatever game it was, I feel like it was Team Fortress 2. You'd suddenly see that person leave the game that's because that's really for, for some reason they have a key that immediately drops you from a game i don't know why that was but i like this much better like no this it's a to, really good change this
1: community i want to i mean i've played this game since it launched um pretty consistently and it's uh it's been going downhill quite a bit uh, you know jumping into a casual match always feels like i'm taking my enjoyment of my afternoon into my own hands um yeah and you never know what you're going to get. You might get someone, you know, really being fine or someone really being a jerk. Yeah. And I, I'm happy to see this. So. Yeah, absolutely. Like, why not? And, um, you know, Ubisoft promised this a while ago um, in one of their announcements. So here they are working to actually deliver some, you know, some updates that will
0: hopefully improve the uh, community communities interaction with each other (laughs) yeah and you had plenty of time to get it out of your system let's be honest like they gave you some warnings it's been like three years so uh here's something that's actually been quite a a, a number of years more than that and we're seeing improvements to the community uh i don't know if you remember this is this goes back a little ways aliens colonial marines uh do you happen to remember this game I do remember it, but I don't play games like this, so. No, okay. Well, Aliens Colonial Marines came out in 2013. It was on uh, last-gen consoles, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360. Current-gen uh, PC. Apparently on PC, yeah, exactly. The, the one-gen of PC that exists. Uh, well, it turns out, uh, th- at the time, it was sort of lambasted as a... I guess just a laughable game. At least really remember about it. Yeah, it well, really the main bad. the main thing was that the aliens just weren't very smart. And there were a few a few gifs that went around of like the the Xenomorph kind of like just walking around in a circle, like kind of dancing the dinosaur is that that was the joke. Was everyone do the dinosaur? And he's like kind of had his arms out in front of him. And uh, well, it turns out that the reason for that there actually is a reason. And it has to do with a bug in the AI code. And um, it turns out that the. Uh, there is a uh, a line of code that talks about attaching the xeno to tether so you know somehow associating the xenomorph with say the player or with the thing that it was going to do something to turns out they spelled tether wrong uh and and it turns out that if you get a there's actually a config folder you can actually go into in, in a mod and change that and fix the spelling and actually fix one of the most laughable games of that year by changing, by, by removing the letter A from.
1: I line. think it's absolutely hilarious how simple the error is and how simple it is to fix. This just goes to show this game launched and was so poorly received. There was zero budget to ever go in and see if they could figure out what was going on and try to fix it in a patch.
0: They just didn't look. <laughs> I mean, let me give you another F key. I'm pretty sure F7 is spell check. F seven spell check. <laughs> I don't think spell check works very well in like strings of code, but <laughs> no, probably not. But you know, just so you know, it's there for you. Uh, but yeah, so you can actually do this if you happen to own a copy of Aliens Colonial Marines, uh, and if you had played it and were personally able to witness the poor AI, uh, try changing this. See, see what it does. I'd be. I imagine this fix only works
1: on PC where you can access the config file. But once again, that is PC probably true. Showing its chops as the platform of choice. For people who want to fix their broken games.
0: (laughs) Uh, On console, meanwhile, the place where where you start changing things around will actually get you a pretty sweet ban. Uh, Nintendo has banned a Splatoon 2 cheater who hacked the game to tell Nintendo to please add anti-cheat. Uh, he actually did that in the ranks, the top players. Uh, the player one please, then two the add, then three anti. Then that's cheat. hilarious. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so they basically banned the guy, uh, which I I feel like there's some poetic justice to that, um, but. Apparently, that's a problem in the Splatoon 2 community is that there is no anti-cheat service. I I know that that has been a problem going all the way back to, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think what the very first Nintendo game was that was unplayable online because of cheaters. And I want to say it was either uh, Mario Kart DS or uh, Metroid Prime Hunters, I think, where, where cheating was just a thing that just kept happening. Uh, Nintendo does rely on players to report cheaters, but there actually is no way to prevent cheating, and so uh, yeah. But if you if you happen to bring it to Nintendo's attention, maybe try to do it through a way other than cheating. Uh,
1: that probably I probably yeah. Be my I don't know though. Maybe I mean the guy probably obviously assumed he was going to get banned, but uh, maybe this yeah. will get their attention. I don't know. Better
0: than a letter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We'll right? a, a sternly worded. Email campaign, <laughs> right? Uh, we actually have some news uh, news that you can use here. I mean, all the rest of this stuff is mostly like, hey, stuff going on in the world. But here is something actionable here, which is that uh, Borderlands 3, the official Twitter account seems to have tweeted something that uh, indicates that. Borderlands 3 information will be happening soon uh, there is a post that they they sort of posted a picture of what what basically looks like handsome Jack standing atop a mountain range it says opportunity awaits and um I guess that's basically it for now um the article has uh, over a thousand retweets uh, 5500 likes 200 comments and uh, why do they think that this has to do with with Borderlands Three and why it may not be based on Pandora, uh, turns out that uh, using a—I'm not even sure what this is. This is like a decoded visualizer of of the the, the message itself or of the image itself. Um, it says, "Visit Promethea, children of the vault. We are not on Pandora anymore. Tannis is not what she seems. Do not open the vaults." And um, it looks like it is a visualization of the sound
1: wave patterns and they're using Morse code to decrypt it.
0: There you go. Yep. So for people who are smarter and more interested than me. Uh, No, actually, I really like Borderlands. I'm a big fan of Borderlands. I did not play the pre-sequel, but I enjoyed um, every bit that I played of uh, previous Borderlands games. I I mean, Tales from
1: the Borderlands 2 or Get Out. Like, that's what this needs to be for the
0: world to continue on. I can get on board with that. I can get on board (laughs) with that for sure. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. We will. We will wait and see. Uh, We'll also wait and see for the 3D animated special based on Monster Hunter, which is coming in 2019. Uh, Capcom is uh, finally ready to bring it to a probably not a theater to you but probably like direct to video uh, near you Uh, they are working with a production company a western production company actually called Pure Imagination Studios and we don't know much about what's going on it's a 3D animated project and uh, there's sort of a premise, there's a name for the thing, Monster Hunter Legends of the Guild, and a premise of a male warrior who is going to leave his hometown to take on an Elder Dragon, which if you've played any of the Monster Hunter games, uh, that will be of some import to you, I guess. Uh, the story in Monster Hunter is usually a kind of a cockamamie affair, it's not, not usually worth spending too much time on, uh, but uh, if you are waiting for this on PC, I think we mentioned this last week, but the uh, PC version of Monster Hunter uh, Worlds, is going to be coming out uh, probably next month, I think, in August. Um, The uh, Pure Imagination had previously done a Lego-inspired episode of The Simpsons, so they've got what it takes. Uh, We know they can do it, uh, I guess. And uh, the writer, Joshua Fine, who is uh, credited with the Star's Ultimate Spider-Man series, which by all accounts is supposed to be pretty good, uh, but it's actually not the first time that we've had a feature animation or an animated Uh, project based on Monster Hunter there was a children's anime in 2010 and uh, another one in 2016 and I guess there's also uh, another film in the works so apparently Monster Hunter is going to be coming to a transmedia screen near you look forward to that uh, there you go, I do holding have, I do have one more that is, you know, we, we kind of like to keep an eye on this transmedia stuff here at the game bite show. And, uh, every once in a while we'll, we'll hear of one that's kind of unfortunate. And, uh, oh, I, in fact, I remember that monster hunter movie was the one that we had really thought was going to be dumb because it was about a modern day person who found that their ancestor had hunted monsters or something like that. I don't know, but oh, man. M- I gave it a 12 is my prediction. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not going to be good. Uh, but speaking of things that are not going to be good, uh, apparently, there is a Mortal Kombat movie reboot in the works, and that in and of itself could be exciting, but uh, I don't know. Uh, th- this is going to be something from Warner Brothers New Line Studio, and they've been trying to reboot it for a long time, and we now actually have uh, a new director and screenwriter attached to the movie. But unfortunately, uh, the the reboot movie will feature an original character in the lead role, bleh, Cole Turner. I don't know. He's described as a, quote, struggling and widowed boxer who cares more about his young daughter than anything and is said to be incredibly determined in the face of adversity. Fine. Um, but the people that they've got from the Mortal Kombat roster to be in in the uh, movie, uh, Kano, Sonya, Raiden, Liu Kang, Shang Tsung, fine, um... But there also are other sort of non-real familiar characters like Draman and Itara and Reiko, uh, not making an appearance. Sub Zero, Scorpion, Johnny Cage, uh, Raiden will also be portrayed as a 14-year-old boy named Jin. I don't know why uh, he will. Uh, C- Cole Turner will fight alongside Sonya and Jax. and um, I don't know. We kind of we don't know what's going to happen here.
1: I so I really feel like this the premise of this movie. Uh, came together when four people were sitting around the bar drinking heavily and they just kept thinking of things and someone wrote it down as they went (laughs) oh and 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 this guy he'll be a 14 year old boy yeah (laughs) wrote it down you know what would be a much better Mortal Kombat movie is the story of a young boy who really liked playing Mortal Kombat and rose up Despite all odds to win at Evo. Come on.
0: That would be all right. Like I would actually watch that. That'd be pretty good. See Jared already just like sitting right here just right off the top of his head came up with something about it. It would be a real Rudy moment. We, We need like the Rudy for our generation. With decapitations and things. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I guess look forward to that. That's going to be like a 10 on the uh, Game Byte show Rotten Tomatoes prediction. I don't
1: know if the score goes low enough. No, I don't to, think it does. To, to grab Mortal Kombat. Dragon him, Jared. We'll Finish it. will have to flip the scale to negative. Finish <laughs> it. That's all the news that we've got for this week. Speaking of negative, that will be your cash flow outlook for this week as you take a look at the new releases, which we get from tech-gaming.com. Uh, go check those out, but I'm going to read a few, okay. and you're going to like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Earthfall as $40, bucks, ps 4 PC, Xbox. Uh, Earthfall, we'll read a little bit about it here. It uh, is a cooperative shooter for up to four players uh, using team-based tactics to fortify holdouts and complete objectives. Players must work together to survive. Um, I guess it's a post-apocalyptic game Sort of portable defense building
0: game. I'll tell you uh, what I wish it were. I wish yeah. it were like Titanfall, except instead of Titans, you would be in Earth. And you would fall <laughs> down just, as Earth. Just giant exactly. planets exactly. With like arms on coming out of it. I, that's what I want.
1: Yeah. Um, also coming out this week, Far Cry 5 Lost on Mars DLC for 12 on all the platforms you can get. Far Cry 5. I imagine that's PS4, PC, and Xbox. Um, so this is, if you liked Far Cry Blood Dragon you and have Far Cry 5, maybe look into this, I guess. I don't know. Um, so it, it, this is its second DLC. Uh, you go to Mars and shoot like alien monster things with lasers. I don't know how this ties into Far Cry 5. I don't think it. Is supposed to but it sounds super silly so if you have that game and are looking for something maybe a little bit different uh twelve dollars uh hand of fate 2 comes to the switch uh hand of fate 2 is a card based sort of dungeon crawler um in which once you actually encounter enemies you go into a action rpg type uh f- fight so it's really cool a uh, really cool game i really enjoyed the first one uh, I have not played the second one, but uh, I, I it's a neat to little see, game.
0: Uh, Hand of Fate Two, it looks like, is out on PC. I don't remember seeing it coming to any other platforms, but apparently, it is on Steam. I'm just checking right now to see when it came. It's out.
1: definitely on Steam. I don't know if it came to any other platforms.
0: Yeah, looks um, like it came out on in November of this past year, so not not too. Yeah, old. but I could
1: see it being really fun on the Switch. So if you've been thinking about that game and have a Switch, maybe may pick it up. It's thirty bucks. Uh, Octopath Traveler out uh, on the Switch, sixty dollars. I don't know a lot about this. It's been getting a lot of talk about it, so I guess it's it's like an RPG, turn-based RPG, I guess, uh, with eight different travelers and adventures. And- like
0: that's sort of it. So it's it's being developed by Square Enix. It is a sort of Final Fantasy six. Esque kind of game, and you play as one of eight different people. They all, you know, you and they all have different classes or different sort of jobs that they do. Uh, there actually are, there's at least one and possibly two free demos on the Switch to try out Octopath Traveler. So, uh, I did like what I played of it for the most part. It's, uh, you know, very narrative driven. Um, and then there's, you know, the, the different characters, some of them may be more combat focused, some of them may be more, you know, dialogue or, or other skill sets. And, uh, yeah, uh, Jared's right. People are talking about it, um, 60 bucks and I, you know, I don't know. I I don't know
1: if you're looking for, if, if, you want to pick up a sort of mainline RPG on the Switch? There you go. Yeah, Octopath Traveler. For sure. Uh, Sonic Mania Plus is thirty dollars, and the Encore Pack, I guess, is some additional thing you can add on to it for five. Yeah.
0: So, the, so the way it works is Sonic Mania came out last year, or when was this year? Anyway, it came out already and was an excellent Sonic the Hedgehog game. Uh, but they added some DLC to it, so they've added this new thing with Mighty the Armadillo and Ray the Flying Squirrel, uh, who were characters originally in Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Sega Sonic, the Hedgehog. Um, and uh, you can either, if you already have Sonic Mania, you can just buy the core pack for $5, or Sonic Mania Plus, which is the full package, is currently out in $30. Uh, and I believe it comes, if you get the physical version, it comes with a bunch of, like, special edition stuff. Uh, I probably wouldn't bother with that, but uh, Sonic Sonic Mania, though, was really good, and maybe, you know, playing again with as different characters, I think would... I, I, I believe that Mighty the Armadillo is sort of a reskin of... Uh, knuckles the echidna and ray the flying squirrel is sort of like another version of tails because he can fly around or glide uh but you know i don't know it's worth worth a playing again i'd say I, i guess if you want sonic mania
1: go get it there's more stuff yeah if you have it go get the more stuff bottom line boom uh captain toad treasure tracker out on 3ds and switch uh this game actually i actually was looking into this a little bit for the switch uh, so I'll read a little bit about it here. I guess it originally launched for the Wii U. It is now coming to the Switch. Uh, the new version includes new miniature courses based on various kingdoms in uh, from Super Mario Odyssey. Uh, anyone can play. It has multiplayer support um, where one player controls Captain Toad. The other can assist with things like Turnip cover
0: fire. Uh, so it looks like a fun little, I guess, kind of like a little platformer or and or puzzle game. It is. It's a, it's uh, Captain Toad can't really jump or do a lot of like crazy platforming, but it, it's based on the the, the little Toad from um, I think he was originally in Super Mario 3D World. I think is where he first showed up, and uh, he's like this little exploring Toad, and he gets his own game to go uh, search and and, and find uh, treasure. And uh, it is a super charming, charming little game. And just kind of looking at some of the pictures and, uh, you know, I haven't played this
1: or watched video. So take this for what you will. It reminds me a little bit of the uh, Tomb Raider Go series where you just have like a kind of a smaller little set piece um, yeah, puzzle to solve yeah. basically by movement, by maybe a few actions, limited sort of actions on the on the on the map. So I, I'd say uh, that's pretty good. Cool. Yeah, and pretty then cute. it's got
0: like a 3D like turn the world kind of mechanic to it. So you kind of have to look extra careful to see yeah. stuff in the world yeah. for Captain Toad.
1: Very very charming. Uh, it comes with your typical Nintendo tax. It is forty dollars, mm. but also available on the 3DS too, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, too bad it's not crossplay or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what that even means. <laughs> cross by cross by is the uh, that would PlayStation be cool. lingo. Okay. Uh patches and free content. Uh we'll just run over a few here. Destiny 2 introduced moments of triumph. I Jeremy. Yeah,
0: so, for, so the original game. Yeah, so what they did is they they had special challenges to get a basically like an emblem to show that you did some cool stuff. Like you had to you know, do a certain raid and and not die a certain number of times, and uh, you know, just kind of like special things that would show that you were one of the hardcore people. And they did a year one, and I believe they did a year two, in the original Destiny. And now they're doing a Moments of Triumph, uh, which they they did it for Bungie Day 2018. Technically, the stuff doesn't really start until they're they're going to be running up to the uh, the new uh, Forsaken add-on expansion for uh, Destiny 2, Uh, but you can actually start doing some of the Moments of Triumph already, and um, you earn some certain number of points. So out of 400 points, which is an arbitrary number to to do this thing, uh, currently, as of right now, you can earn up to 225 of those 400 points, and then the other 175 are going to come on July 31st, Which is when the pre launch event for the Forsaken expansion is going to begin. Now, at 250 points, so you're just shy of that now, uh, you can actually unlock access to an item on the Bungie online store, which is a Moments of Triumph t shirt, which is actually kind of cool looking, uh, but you still have to buy it. It's still 30 bucks. You just unlock the right to purchase it, Uh, but you can also customize it with uh, either your gamer tag or whatever for another five bucks. Um, at 300 points you'll unlock a legendary sparrow that goes with your ghost, and finally for anyone who earns all 400 points, You get the Moments of Triumph emblem, which is mostly there for bragging rights. But it's still... I actually did the year one Moments of Triumph, and I felt pretty darn good about it. And uh, every once in a while, I like to show it off, because it carried over into Destiny 2 as well. And um, everybody knows and cares and feels like I'm a big man on campus, basically.
1: Awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Enter the Gungeon is getting a hefty update this week, uh, completely free if you already own that. Mm -hmm. It is the cost of the game if you don't, I suppose. Um and you know, Into the Gungeon's a couple years old now, but uh, I guess the developer is not quite done with it yet. No. So they'll be adding quote, hundreds of new rooms, end quote, uh dozens of new weapons, uh, plus more weapons, items, and ammo types. So Into the Gungeon was a or is a uh sort of rogue like uh, bullet hell top down shooter. Yep. Um Kind of defined by its sort of wacky enemies and even wackier ways of disposing them via wacky guns. Yep. Um, So very silly, but looks like they're adding more. And best part is it is free if you already own that game. And it's
0: sort of Dungeons and Dragons themed, I guess. So the, the name of the expansion is called Advanced Gungeons and Drag Guns uh which yeah the whole game is like Mm. this pun on firearms i find it distasteful yeah like some of your enemies are like bullets
1: that walk around and shoot guns like it's super it's too much it's too much yeah it is way too much uh speaking of too much uh there will probably be too many people in your game coming up for no man's sky which is getting its big no man's sky next
0: yeah this is this is the uh no man's sky you thought you were buying at launch, yeah. No so I believe this will include
1: co-op. It will also be releasing for the first time on Xbox One. Um, I'm not really sure what else. This doesn't actually say what else
0: is going to be. Uh, I, I f- included. I feel like whatever it is, I think it's about time. It's about time for me to try this. I know that um, that Dale, who uh, you know, co-host uh, Dale Jones, who's uh, off in Japan gallivanting. Uh, said that even after playing for 50 hours, he does not recommend playing No Man's Sky. I feel like this could change it, though. I think this could be the time to actually do it. So I've
1: I've jumped into No Man's Sky two or three times now, um, mostly after their various big updates. I, you know, I, I didn't really get super hyped about the game when it first came out or even before. So I, I kind of miss all of the... the what everyone's mad about <laughs> because like none of it, like all that bounces off. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I remember on this show specifically uh, leading up to launch for the year, two years, whatever. It's like, what is this game? What they haven't really told us what it is. And I think people out there who got really upset were really hyped up about it for some reason. See,
1: that's why you should just not get excited about games. Never people. get excited. But, uh,
0: never get excited.
1: No, I like, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun game. I, I think it's a game that is what it is. I, I don't, I mean, if you go in expecting something different, I I can imagine you will be disappointed. But I I also feel like that's a lesson on life. So, yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's coming out uh, this month, uh, I guess, within a week or so. Nice. So keep an eye out for that. Nice. nice. Uh, I I think it's going to have co-op. I think we should check it out. We should maybe check it out and stream it. Hey, why not? Do it. Uh, Emperor Palpatine is no more. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two is removing Emperor Palpatine uh, as one of pl- several playable heroes or villains, if you will. Um, he was overpowered. It was all that unlimited power. Well, like most of the time when you have something that's overpowered
0: in a game, you just sort of rebalance yeah, it.
1: I, I guess this just wasn't going to work way out. for them. So. Yeah,
0: um, I actually thought this was going to be permanent. But according to, uh, I guess, community people, they uh, it was a community manager had talked to someone over at Kotaku and they said that um, we don't take this decision lightly. Feel it is the in the best interest for everyone until a fix can be deployed, which implies that he will eventually be coming back. Uh, but then they took him out. Actually, I guess so. I don't know. I guess they said that and then took him out. Uh, who, who knows though? But uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think he was just a little overpowered with all that lightning. You know, that was one where if you're playing Battlefront Two and the Emperor's coming at you, you're pretty well dead. And I, I guess that's that is not what they were aiming for. There you go. Uh, Minecraft
1: is also being closed. No, no, no. Um <laughs> Minecraft's big uh, aquatic update, the second phase of the aquatic update that is is rolling out it has nine new ocean biomes, uh you can breathe underwater, thousands up to 3000, over 3000 they say, different types of tropical fauna including things like sea turtles, um Aww. new weapons, a tridents, procedurally generated locations like shipwrecks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, so forth. Um I, I know I've heard my kids talking about this, so there you have it. Uh,
0: <laughs> I actually I actually had no idea that that was going on. I, I didn't know that they had done that update at all. And actually, what's even weirder is that my children did not know that it was going on. So Weird. So I might have to be the best dad and let them know. They're, they're like totally hooked on Roblox. <sighs> One of them is. Amazon Prime Day is still rolling
1: out, so it's just about done. By the time you hear this, it probably will be mostly done. Um, but, you know, Amazon Prime day i guess is coming up if you catch this in time and
0: there might be some physical sales mm-hmm. that's true and also don't forget to pick up the twitch prime stuff uh i i mm-hmm. think that some of that age is off within a few days so if you're listening to this and like me kind of hadn't been keeping on top of that go check it out there's probably at least three or four games that you can still add to your twitch account uh, and never ever play Uh, absolutely it's the best way to. we say
1: that except the game we've been playing on the stream the past several weeks is from twitch prime uh, (laughs) yeah is from twitch prime so you
0: just never know that's true you don't know but get get them all sort them out later yep that's That's right right. so as I mentioned at the top of the show for our third segment we're going to give you a little bit of a dose of what we've been playing this week since we didn't catch it on the midweek uh, this past week thanks so much for hanging with us as we uh, basically don't do it uh, but here is <laughs> we basically yeah, did just, nothing. Yeah, we just didn't do it. <laughs> uh, but we're here now to catch up and to make amends, and we're going to do it by talking about some super duper awesome games. Uh, I've got a couple that I want to talk about that I played this week. Go, uh, Go one is a. Actually, I originally came across this as the sort of uh, pay to play sequel to this game, or or maybe like uh, the the post early access version of the game. Uh, but it turns out, as I was kind of looking up information on it, that there is a free version of this game called We Were Here. Uh, I played this on PC, and it is a two-player game. It requires two people to play, and it is kind of a really neat little asynchronous cooperative multiplayer game. Uh, it It is first-person, uh, sort of a first-person exploration puzzle game, kind of along the lines of, um, I don't know, like the Stanley parable or um, I'm trying, I'm thinking like gravity bone. I might just be thinking that because it's short, but um, <laughs> it's, you know, wow. a fairly, fairly low production value sure. undertaking. Um, but the cool thing about it is, uh, well, there's two things. So one is that it has an in-game voice chat system that is sort of in the game. So like you have walkie talkies and you can't talk over one another. So you could play using voice services like discord or or Seam chat or whatever, but you might want to try playing this one with the the in-game stuff the walkie-talkies. It just adds an element of um, I don't know I guess difficulty to it. I suppose uh, but the entire idea is that you and your partner are playing in areas that are completely unviewable to one another and the only thing that you can do to figure out how to proceed is is to describe what's going on or to um, somehow discuss and figure out, well, what is in my room that can help me to progress? The, the entire, I, I, you know, there's not much of a story to it, but it starts out where, you, you know, you as the, the character's party are in Antarctica and you come across this like stone temple or something and you go into it and you're separated and now all you have is your walkie-talkie to try and get through stuff the the variety and the types of puzzles are actually really cool um, a lot of the puzzles are based on symbols that are not easily described so you end up you know like this one looks like genitals with a flag coming out of the top or, or something like that or you know this one looks like a cat face who's also a pom-pom cheerleader and you oh, okay I, I kind of recognize that um and there are puzzles of um you know matching symbols there are puzzles of navigation so there's one of the characters gets to be the explorer when you set up the room and the other person gets to be the librarian and the librarian i haven't played that that angle but the librarian apparently has a whole bunch of reference material including maps And uh, other other references that I don't entirely understand, but you basically work back and forth in little time Well, not always timed, but in little compartmentalized rooms and you cannot progress until you solve the puzzle of whatever that room is The free version of we were here uh, has I want to say six or seven different sets of puzzles and, uh, they, they are really quite clever and, and, you know, they're a lot of fun to play. Uh, and, and there's one, for example, where, uh, you know, not to spoil anything, but the, the, the two characters together have to put on a stage production and the the person who... There's one person who can kind of see the next scene written out, and another person who's kind of like behind the scenes with the levers and the knobs, you know, changing the the scenery based entirely on what the other person is describing. Um, and it, I didn't find that we ever really got stuck too much. Um, and, and like I said, I just found the the variety of the puzzles uh, to be really charming. And the, the cool thing about it is that even if you play through it once... You could play through it again, either with the same person or with a different partner, and play the opposite uh, role that you didn't play the first time, and it would be totally new. I guess you'd still would have gone
1: through the puzzles, but uh, you get kind of a slightly different
0: experience. Yeah, well, and and the things that you do are sometimes randomized, so the symbols are not always the same, and uh, you know some things I think are the same, but it's hard to describe. Like you're just not in a situation where you can tell someone what to do. Um, it's just, you know, Hey, listen to me, see if you can figure this out on your side and, and you either do, or you don't, um, death is something that can happen. It basically resets the room for you. You also can pause or stop your progress at any point. And then when you start a new room, you can actually start over again at the room that you were last in. So it does give you the opportunity to, um, to, to play that over again. Uh, so that is We Were Here, and I haven't yet played the paid version of that, but I may very well do that just to see if uh, if they've really expounded on that. I think they charge uh, $10 to $15, I think, for the, for the full version, but you would need uh, two copies of it. So bear that in mind. Uh, The other game that I played this week is on the PS Plus Instant Game Collection for the month of July. I played a game called um, Space Overlords. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. I'm going to double check that (laughs) right now. Yes, it is called Space Overlords. Uh, Space Overlords is a little difficult to talk about because it is a... (sighs) The the game itself is fairly straightforward. So Jared, did you ever play the old NES game Rampage? Yes. Where the, the you were you played as the, the giant monsters and the goal. The monsters. Yeah, the goal yeah. was to basically destroy buildings. I mean, that was yeah. essentially what you were doing. Um Space Overlords is kind of in that vein, sort of rampage. Or, or maybe like um, War of the Monsters, which was some, you know, later era like PlayStation 2, like, like a fighting game where you'd play like Godzilla or some Ultraman knockoff or something like that. But you as a giant creature would, even if it wasn't your primary goal, you would basically just be stomping everything down and just destroying stuff in your quest for monsterdom. Or, or whatever it is you were you were trying to do, uh, Space Overlords is a fairly simple game. It's current gen. It's on the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. If you have PS Plus, it uh, getting it on one unlocks both. So I assume that means it's it's cross buy. And uh, I actually tried it on both platforms. It's very low production value. It's actually made by a team in Colombia called I think it's called Twelve Hit Combo, something like that. Um, so they're Colombian and. I don't know if they've ever really done anything else, um, but I'm a little torn on this because I do find that it's a fairly creative effort at making a game that that is kind of different, but it's also it can be really frustrating. So the, the concept is that you play as one of a number of space overlords, which are basically giant themed monsters, I guess. And and they have a whole baloney, you know, backstory. Like the Space Overlords created all things, but then one of them locked the others away in time forever. But then they got out, and now they are they are going for revenge or or something like that. But the the actual gameplay is it all takes place on a 3D round world, sort of like um, I know Ratchet and Clank did this originally, but Super Mario Galaxy did it where you actually as you traverse the planet, it's, uh, you know, it's it's relatively small in size. So you sort of are walking along this globe and, and the perspective just kind of follows you as the as the curvature of the planet, um, you know, unfolds before you. And the entire concept is. That you, as the Space Overlord, have to destroy all of the habitable buildings on the world. You're basically uh laying waste to all of these planets that I guess are populated by followers of this evil space overlord who locked you away. Um there, there again, there's story like between missions, you know, there's there's like dialogue between the space overlord and like the puny humans or, or whatever, and they use a lot of like crazy weird language that's kind of just you don't have to pay attention to any of that stuff, really. <laughs> um, but the thing is that the game itself, even though it does, it's fairly fully featured for a simple idea. Uh, lots of different characters. They all have unique moves. Uh, every, every character has a a sort of um, swiping... Arm attack, sort of a, a, a straightforward attack, but then they also have a stomp attack that you can use to just stomp stuff in kind of an area of effect on the ground. And then you, as you destroy those buildings, you build up a special meter, and then you can unleash that. And sometimes it's a an arc of fire, or sometimes it's an orb that explodes in a in, you know in a big area. Um, but in actual execution, it's pretty jank. Uh, sometimes you know the the hit detection is pretty bad. Um, the The effects, it's sometimes hard to tell if you're hitting things or not. The planets will sometimes have special rules, like you can only destroy planets using the special move, which seems weird. Like, they're very inconsistent. If you're an all-powerful space overlord who created all things, it seems like you'd be able to destroy planets any way you damn please. Uh, but no, you've you've got to follow the rules, and you got to follow the rules, man. Them the rules. You're also quite fragile as an all powerful space overlord. So on the planet, there are fer- fer- various defenses like turrets or little squadrons of space uh, hovercraft that will come after you. And weirdly, there are also these um, domed shields that traverse the planet and they move and you get stuck on them and they sort of like scoot you along and take down your life as you go and you just can't get off of them. And then you eventually die and it's game over. Um And that's mostly the game. Like the idea is that you did. I mean, that's it. I mean, honestly, you know, you're laughing. It's very Strange.
1: It, it, sounding. It is
0: kind of strange. Um And it's simple and it's sort of considered maybe like a puzzle sort of game because you, you, you know, it's light action with, you know, maybe figuring out the, the most efficient way to clear off planets um and and, you know sometimes you get stuck on geometry there's rocks and you have a dash move that you can use to get around but that has a meter also um but in the the end result is something that may not be like actually super fun uh the vita version also has like really interminable hold times every time you die there's like a good you wait for a minute on loading screens Um, But the interesting thing is that the Vita runs so slow that uh, you actually get to see the full loading screen as you load onto a planet, which you don't get to see in the PlayStation 4 version. So if you want to see all that secret extra content... Uh, play it on the Vita. Uh, it also has up to four people, uh, four person multiplayer, uh, and that's kind of a combination of competitive or cooperative. Uh, you can do teams or, or whatever, and they have a bunch of different little modes. But the goal there is for the monsters to fight one another. It's just not a very tightly put together engine for for monster on monster combat, unfortunately. So again, the hit detection is kind of weird. It's hard to tell if you're actually doing damage to the other person, and then suddenly you're dead, and and that's kind of mostly how it goes. Uh, but it is. Free. Free on PlayStation Plus. Free is probably the right price for for something like this. Um, Kudos to that team at 12 Hit Combo for getting this onto such a front and center stage like the the PlayStation Instant Game Collection. Um, I just don't know that it's going to capture people for very long. It actually took me a few sessions, which I think is more than most people are probably going to be willing to give it. But it took me a few sessions to even just get the idea... Of what was going on to think, oh, you know, this is kind of like Rampage or it's kind of like War of the Monsters or something like that. And I do appreciate it for being that kind of game. You don't see something like that very often. But uh, like I said, in just actual practice, it ends up being fairly frustrating and it's just kind of hard to tell what's going on. But, uh, you know, if you do have multiple controllers or uh, I I could see this actually being fun to sit down and and to play couch only, there's no online multiplayer. I don't think the, the game could handle online. Uh, but, uh, it could be fun, you know, uh, war of the monsters and, and those sorts of things are, are fairly fun. Um, but you know, it's, uh, since it's free, if you got PlayStation plus try it out or watch a video of it being played, I definitely recommend looking into it before you spend any money on it though. Those are the two games that I've been playing this week. Jared, what have you been up to? Wow. So I've
1: been playing a couple of games out of my, uh, you know, I don't know. I've been playing Guild Wars 2. Um... <laughs> No, the, the Living World Season 4, Episode 3 or 4, I forget which one it is, came out. Um, and with this episode, they actually kind of surprised me. Um, you know, typically they add a new map. They add, uh, you know, some new currency, different things for you to do in that maps A new story chapter. Uh, but they added on in this episode. Uh, free update for any player playing it. In fact, you can actually just have the free version and unlock the content, although you will have to pay for the expansion to eventually play it. Um, Hmm. But regardless, uh, they've added a new mount, which mounts were a new mechanic they added in the Path of Fire expansion. Um, And this is the first one they've they've, uh, added since... That expansion came out. I'm kind of surprised that they didn't wait until the next expansion to add new mounts. Yeah, so this
0: is like a half, like like a half expansion. Is that is that kind of what I'm hearing?
1: Or? Yeah. So the way they've been doing it for the past few years is they have their expansions and those come out and they're you know whatever thirty bucks or whatever. Of Guild Wars 2, of course, has no subscription fee. It's supported by a cash shop for like cosmetic type items, um, and then. In between those, they have this, what they call the living world. And right now, it's about every two or three months uh, an episode comes out. You know, it maybe takes you five hours to complete the story, if that. Um, But there's usually, like, there's collections, and there's a a whole new map. There's maybe some new enemies. Um, This one had a pretty cool set piece in which there's this new, like, a uh, scene where one of the characters grows this like huge wall out of vines, which was kind of, kind of interesting and cool. Mm. Um, but then there's this new mount. So the mounts in Guild Wars two are much different than your typical mounts in, uh in other MMOs. They are all unique in that they have unique movement mechanics. Um, they can help you traverse the world in very unique ways And then they have various masteries you can unlock, which provide you with additional unique benefits. So uh, an example is the Raptor that allows you to make very long jumps and moves very quickly. So this thing's great for being able to just move across maps fast. The Springer is like this giant bunny. Um, and he can jump uh, incredibly high so you can like jump up cliff faces and stuff that you couldn't do before um, to reach new areas that you couldn't previously reach without without this capability. Uh, they had a secret sort of hidden mount in the expansion called the Griffin, which literally lets you just fly around the maps. Uh, it's quite incredible.
0: So so since the, the mounts have different abilities, can can you switch mounts at any time? Or is it like, yes. I, I need to go get up that cliff, I need to get the bunny, and then... Yeah, no,
1: no. So you don't have to run back to town or anything like that. It, it It's literally just like a drop-down menu, and you choose which one you want, and you jump onto it.
0: So so they don't have any, like, special new areas that only the bunny will unlock or anything like that? It's just a way of getting through something that you don't have. So they did,
1: and in fact, the Path of Fire expansion
0: story was gated by the
1: mounts. In order to get to the Springer, you had to unlock the longer jump of the Raptor. And in order to advance the story, you had to have the Springer. So they kind of used that as, as a way to kind of gate you around the map. Um, in, in some ways. And so the new mount is really interesting in that not only did it come out without a paid expansion, so it's basically free to any player, it, it's actually not part of the story. Uh, it, it, it's not necessary for the story, I will say. It, it is It is acutely part of the story, which is kind of funny. I don't want to spoil it for you if you're interested in the actual storyline. But um, yeah, so... If you are a fan of Guild Wars 1, you probably remember the special seasonal like fairs uh, that they would have, festivities that they'd have for, you know, like New Year's and stuff like that. Uh, One of the activities they would frequently have is roller beetle racing, in which you would turn into a roller beetle, which is like this dung beetle looking guy that would roll up in a ball and could race around the world real fast. yeah, your new mount is that. So <laughs> you don't get inside him like you used to. Uh, you actually end up having to design a... I, I say design kind of loosely, but um, design a special saddle that will mount to him because he he physically rolls as he moves across the ground. He's not like a uh, creature that has, you know, his legs are what propels him. So it's like this, like, hover cycle that latches onto him. Yeah. Um, It's really cool. It's a really cool mount. And basically his special ability sort of movement is that uh, he has a lot of inertia and momentum to him. So if you're trying to go uphill, he's incredibly slow. If you go downhill, like you could probably go across the map in a few seconds if you could find one that is mostly downhill. He goes so fast. Well, that's cool. I mean, it it seems like
0: they're fun, all of them. Though they are fun,
1: and they're unique. And and then on top of it, he actually has a speed boost that you can unlock, um, which will let you like do like jumps. It, you know, he has actual momentum. So if you go sort of up a ramp, he will continue in a ballistic arc. If you want to picture like ramping with a motorcycle, uh, he's basically a motorcycle. Um, it's a really cool mount. It's a really fun mount to play around with. It had a Pretty lengthy collection quest, which is kind of Guild Wars' multi-map um, questing system, because um, they don't really have a quest system proper. Um, that was always kind of the hallmark of the game, and so it's interesting to see them kind of do different things with with uh, the mechanics that they have and hmm. introduce new things. So it's really cool. Um, I have unlocked mine. I've been helping the kids have been playing it quite a bit and working pretty hard to unlock theirs, uh, which is nice because the Griffin which they were really interested in, was bound by a significant amount of in-game money. Mm. So that made it uh, basically impossible for them to get because they don't play that much. So, But the Roller Beetle is really cool. The story is really great. Um, Really, really well done. Their their Living Worlds episodes are really quite fantastic. Um, So I'm happy whenever those come out. But uh, I've been playing that a little bit. It's mostly what I've been doing in Guild Wars 2. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you have it or are interested. Uh, and the other game I've been playing is Kingdom Come Deliverance.
0: So I, remember I picked that this
1: one. up, yeah. I kickstarted this and played it a little bit when it came out. I know we talked about it briefly on the podcast before, um, but I got into it pretty heavily in the past week or two. Um, I've played, I guess, almost 40 hours now, according to Steam. Um, I've advanced the main story quite a bit. I've been doing side missions, um, exploring the world. You know, it's really amazing. You were commenting when I was playing it uh, on the stream uh, last Monday about just how much they have made the world feel
0: uh, authentic, I guess. Yeah. I and, mean, just, so, just the way it's laid out, like just the way yeah. that hills rise and riverbeds mm-hmm. dip and stuff like that. I don't know what it is about that game, but there's just something about the lay of the land that just feels very authentic in a way that most games. Actually, I can't think of any game that I, that, that specific thing was notable to me. But this really yeah, does for it sure. somehow.
1: Uh, you know, and I, I believe they actually used like real world um, topography in some cases. They located villages based on where that village actually was existed in history um so so there are some of those things kind of working in its favor but uh, you you know i I actually took to just exploring the other day um which isn't something i i normally do in an open world rpg It, it tends to you know a lot of those games you start to explore and look around and it might look neat in some places but in other places it's just like This weird janky cliff with this rock and uh, there's just nothing interesting about it you can kind of see they kind of did a rough pass put in some trees (laughs) maybe made some monster spawns and moved on right um but that doesn't feel the case in this game like there's um there's a mechanic called uh treasure maps i guess where you get a map and your guy looks at it in his hands and it's like looks like someone drew it with a color crown (laughs) um and you ha- it's like, okay, good luck. <laughs> Go find this treasure. Um, and so I've been having a really great time with those and found some pretty unique armor, which is pretty cool. Um, and some of them were in like old ruins. Uh, there was one that was just like a random grave in the middle of the forest that took me forever to find. Whoa. Um, but as you're exploring the forest, you know, like I was, I was exploring and came across like these deer just kind of off in the distance. So I went hunting a little bit and I looted the venison and went to cook it later. And, and it had the stolen symbol on it. I'm like, stolen deer meat. Oh, that's right. I'm hunting in like the king's forest. Like I'm I'm not allowed to do that. You it's like poaching, it. right? Yep. Yep. So, um, really interesting. So I was like, oh, I better get rid of this. Otherwise a guard might. Notice that I have all this stolen meat on me. Um, how they notice that, you know, whatever video games, but uh, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty good. Uh, really fun game. It, it has some quirks that I didn't really care for. This, the beauty of PC, I kind of modded a few of them out, um, just to make it more enjoyable. You just got to change one but, letter, yeah, one letter, and the AI is suddenly uh, really <laughs> quite incredible. Um, so yeah i've been advancing the story i've actually just started on the dlc that released the uh, rise of slavitz or whatever i I, it's almost you know the the dlc is almost a spoiler for the story so i don't want to talk about it too much but uh it's pretty cool it has some like um sort of base building mechanics to it uh mostly in the sense that you like make the money and then decide what gets built and it like appears, but you know, it's kind of cool. I like to see persistence in the world like that. Like if I, if I make decisions, plus if it's yours and it's,
0: you know, you get to build something that's unique, even if, you know, it's a little
1: hacky. Yeah, exactly. So, um, games really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I have not gotten very good at the combat. Um, I don't know. It's the the combat's probably one of the weaker points to it, and maybe I'm alone in thinking that. But uh,
0: it's kind uh, of the same combat that all those first person swords and shields games have. I it e- either it either is, we've solved the problem and that's the solution, or nobody solved the problem, and I'm inclined to think that yeah, the latter. It it is, and I I know what they're
1: trying to do. It just doesn't, and maybe it's me. Maybe I'm just like getting older. And no, I don't think it's you. But I I just don't get it because it's like you have to move the mouse in this direction to to make your sword swing from that direction but then i do that and then he unlocks the you know the target lock on and now i'm looking off in the trees and i'm like well now i'm getting hacked today like (laughs) it's just not great um yeah so i don't know uh you know the game is really wants you to like parry blows and do feints and stuff like that i just can't do them very well. So I've actually taken to archery. It's <laughs> like so I just shoot them in that's the face with a bow. That's one solution. Yeah. All right. I can see that. <laughs> um, and that's pretty good. That works. That works all right in most cases. You just backpedal and keep shooting them in the face with the bow. Um,
0: that's that's what they. That's what Sun Tzu said. Just keep backpedaling and shoot them in the face with a bow. <laughs> uh, so so I've actually been really enjoying that.
1: Uh, some of the things like the eating and the having to sleep. Uh, I know what they were trying to do. I kind of wish they weren't there, but there they are anyway. Right. Um, but it's a very pretty game too. Like you can get lost in some of those areas and just have a great time um, and find Starving some like, hidden death. camps or all, yeah, all kinds of stuff. So very good. Anyway, Kingdom Come Deliverance, uh, pretty fun, pretty good uh, RPG. Kind of typical for an RPG um, of that open world sort of variety. I, I don't say I don't want to say it does anything. Um, Terribly unique, but but the things it's kind of doing,
0: it does pretty well. So I I can definitely uh, can't fault it for that. I've played many a game where the things that it's doing, it's doing pretty well. And and that makes it all right. Yeah, it it does. There There you go. go. Spend your time on that. You know, I can think of something else that does what it does pretty well, and it's the Game Byte Show podcast. Uh, we do pretty... The Game Bite Show podcast ending on time. That's Wait. true. We do a pretty good job of doing a half-hour podcast. A pretty good job. Pretty good job. Uh, this half-hour half hour podcast has now come to an end, but we appreciate you being with us. If you have any thoughts about any of the news items that we discussed this week, or if you'd like to talk to us about the games that you've been playing, uh, please do so. You can find us on social media. You can find us collectively at Game Byte Show on Twitter. You can also reach out to us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. I'm at red underscore I. You can find our two co-hosts. Legrand Jolly is at Legrand, L-E-G-R-A-N-D-E, and Dale Jones is at Count Elmdor. Uh, either of those guys would love to hear from you as well, so definitely reach out to them. Uh, you probably know that we do a one uh, once-a-week video stream over at twitch.tv slash GameByteShow. Uh, like Jared mentioned, we've been uh, playing a game from our Twitch Prime account. It's uh, Kentucky Route Zero. Turkey Root
1: Zero. We're two, two
0: episodes in, still not quite sure what's going on. Uh, I expect that this week we'll probably wrap up episode two and probably get a decent way into episode three. We've actually
1: finished two, so we'll be working on episode three. We've been doing about one a week. Ah, okay. Um, they're about an hour long, so. Got it. Got expect it. that tomorrow. Well, if you're Central Time tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, or in the past, youtube.com
0: slash gamebyteshow show. You can find our archives. Uh, if you missed any episode, you can catch up absolutely do that, or you can find our website on the internet, gamebyteshow.com, where you can find our back catalog of podcasts, a sidebar of video content, and uh, you can also find a link to our Discord server, which uh, you can click on that and join us uh, real-time, live. We're usually around somewhere to make some sort of quip or comment to your uh, you know, observations and uh, game chit-chat, so uh, come find us there. And uh, you know, from time to time, we're known to do a little bit of a community thing and do some uh, game clubs and other cool things. Uh, I know that we've been kind of talking about doing another section of Black Wake uh, I've got a copy yes. of that that I need to probably give out there on the Discord so join us there and uh, talk to us about some video games because that's what we are all about. Yeah, uh, that Discord's really coming in handy. I've had some pretty great discussions with
1: uh, some of our viewers and or listeners and some even message me just sort of separately, like not in the Discord to be like, hey, what, what do you think yeah. of that game that you're playing right now? I'm like, I think it's garbage but yeah. <laughs> I'm playing it anyway because I have a shorter of Aren't shorter you record. glad
0: you asked? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, come find us there. Uh, Lots of good stuff going on, and uh, you know, get notified as soon as podcasts go up. Because, I don't know, that's just an added benefit of being on there, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, But folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Game Bite Show podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back, hopefully, the middle of the week to talk about some other games that we've been playing. Until then, this has been your show. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.